Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to our look at Hebrews chapter 10. This is day one with our look at this chapter. We're going to look at verses 1 to 9 today. We're continuing in this long section of Hebrews. Started way back in chapter 4, actually. This long section that talks about what it means for Jesus to be a better priest, our high priest. We've learned that he comes from a better order of priests. He serves in a better tabernacle. And starting last week and into this week, we're looking at the fact that he made a better sacrifice. Now, one of the questions we have is, if Jesus was to make a better sacrifice, why all the other sacrifices? The law set out this system of sacrifices that had to be made. They were all looking forward to what Jesus was one day going to do. But why all those other sacrifices. And it's a reminder to us, as we read today, we're going to read about the law being a shadow. It's a reminder that the law is good. It's good because it looks forward to what Jesus is going to do. So you never call the law bad, the law of the Old Testament. But the law is also a shadow. It's not complete. It's good, but it's not complete. It's a shadow of the good things that are coming. So you never trust the law for everything because it's pointing to something else. Now, with that in mind, let me read for you verses 1 to 9. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. And then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. First, he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required that those be made. And then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. Now, notice once again, we get the writer of Hebrews using great teaching technique. He repeats. He not only quotes a verse, but then he goes back and he says, here's the two things that this verse said. And he brings out from the Old Testament these statements of Jesus, statements of who Jesus would be when he came into this world. And he says to us that they say that Jesus set aside the first the sacrifices and offerings that were not really what God was looking for, for the second, which is God's will being accomplished, to do your will. What was God's will? Jesus going to the cross. Jesus giving his life on a cross. And so out of that, we learned that the law, in essence, is also a shadow. Last week, we talked about the fact that the tabernacle was a shadow. The law also is a shadow, a shadow of the good things that are to come. Actually, the directions for the tabernacle are in the law. So you could say that all of it is about the law. And we've talked a lot about the law in Hebrews. And it keeps bringing us back to what our relationship to the law is to be now as believers, as, as followers of Christ. A few weeks ago, we talked about the fact that the law is not abolished. It's fulfilled by Jesus. Another expression of that is that we are no longer under the law, but we are now free from the law. That's the idea of this shadow. And let me just walk through this with us together for a few minutes, what it means that we're now free from the law. If you look at the New Testament, there are four pictures of our relationship to the law, and the last of them is here in this passage that we're looking at now. 
four pictures of our relationship to the law that we've now been set free from. The first picture is the picture that the law is a guardian, a guardian over us, like you'd have a guardian over a child. You can read this in Galatians 4, 1 through 5, for instance. The law was a guardian for an immature Israel. Small children need rules. I mean, who would think of leaving a bunch of kindergartners in a room alone, all by themselves? You figure out the rules, you'll be fine. No, you got to have some rules. And the point is, the law is for immature people. The law is to control immature people who do not yet have God's Spirit in their lives. But now we've been set free from the law. We've been set free from this guardianship because now we live under grace, the grace that God has given us. Grace has set you free. Grace has set me free. And people who put themselves back under the law as Christians are actually revealing their immaturity. I have to have a law. I have to have a rule. Now, God has direction for us, no doubt about it. But running your life based on rules rather than letting the Spirit empower your life so that you can fulfill God's directions, those are two different ways of living. The more mature the relationship, you might notice, the less the need for rules. This is true in a marriage. Oftentimes in a marriage, when a couple is first married, they'll have a lot of rules. Here's how you fold the towels. Here's you do this, you do this. The longer you're married, the less rules you have. You just know what to do because you're in relationship with each other. This is true as a parent with children. When they're very small, they have to have a lot of rules. The older they get, the less rules they should have, except maybe in teenage years, you add a few more in. But the idea is that one day they're ready to go out and live on their own because they don't have to live under your rules anymore. God wants to have a deep relationship with us. So by grace, he has set aside the guardianship of the law and given us the freedom of grace. A second picture of the law in the Bible is that it is a debt. You see this in Colossians 2.14. It's an obligation to be paid. We are in debt to the law. And because all of us have broken the law of God, none of us are perfect, that feels like a weight on all of us. It feels like a weight a debt that you just couldn't repay. The good news is, not by my work, not by your work, but by Jesus' work, the good news is the weight has been lifted and the freedom we have in Christ is the debt has been paid. Jesus paid the debt on the cross. So I am free from that debt of the law. I live in freedom. That's my relationship to the law now. Third picture of the law is that the law is a prison. Galatians 3.23 says, before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up, until faith should be revealed. So now we have faith. So as the writer of Hebrews is saying again and again to those who are first listening to this, to try to go back to the law would be putting yourself back in prison. It's a picture somewhat of what happened to the Israelites when they were set free from slavery in Egypt and they went out and God had them heading towards the promised land, heading towards freedom. A lot of them wanted to go back to Egypt, to what was familiar. Even though it was a torturous slavery, They wanted to go back because they were starving, because they couldn't see how God was going to work his miracles. But the freedom we have now in Christ is that I've been set free from that prison. I've been set free. And any believer, any follower of Jesus who is allowing the law, the rules of God, to become a prison in their lives, who's living imprisoned under a list of rules and regulations. In one sense, here's the picture. Jesus has already come and set you free. He's already unlocked the prison door. He's already opened it up. So if you're sitting in that place of slavery, which is indicated by excessive fear in your life, in your relationship with God, excessive rules in your life that you have to impose on you and other people, legalism in your life, if you're sitting in that place of slavery, of 
being a prisoner. The truth is, Jesus has unlocked the door, he's opened it up, and you're still sitting in the prison cell when all you have to do is stand up and walk out because you've been set free. The law is a prison, but the good news is my relationship with the law now is a relationship of freedom. I've been set free from that prison. And then here's where we've been heading in these verses. The fourth picture of the law in the New Testament is here. The law is a shadow. It's a shadow of the things that are to come. And the freedom that we have now is Jesus is the light. When you walk by the light, the shadow fades away. When you have the reality, who needs a shadow? Who needs to look at the shadow? The reality of the life of Christ, of the Christian life, is found in a person, in Jesus, not in a list of rules, in a relationship, not in a bunch of regulations. In fact, what these scriptures are teaching us is an overemphasis on rules is like moving back into the shadows. Now, notice throughout these verses, we're told that God does not desire burnt offerings or sin offerings. And then you think, well, then why did he write them into the law? He required them, but he did not desire them. He desired what they were looking forward to. He desired what the requirements of the law were looking forward to. You see, we make a mistake when we think what God desired was the law. That was never his desire. What he desires is our hearts. And the only way to capture our hearts is through what Jesus did for us. And so he desired Jesus come into this world, and as we've just read in these verses, doing God's will, going to the cross and dying for us. He desired that his son would make an offering of himself so that you and I could be brought back into relationship with him. Because of what Jesus did, you and I can live in that relationship of freedom, that place of grace, that place of being set free from the prison, that place of being brought into the light. Let's pray together. Jesus, help us to live in your freedom today, the freedom of grace, the freedom of our debt being paid, the freedom of your light. It's so easy to want to step back into the shadows from time to time. It seems more safe and more secure because it's about us and our rules and things we can more easily see and get our hands on. But the truth is, rules never created a relationship with you. It comes because of your love, your sacrifice. So we pray that your desire would come about in our lives today. The desire of our hearts given to you, the desire of living in that sense of freedom in your presence. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at one of the most important truths about how we grow that's seen in all of the Bible. (laughs) 